to another episode of Sean IRL. This episode, this is actually a older recording, uh, something that I did a while back, um, maybe I think over a year and a half ago. This is my first time recording uh, someone for a podcast. I had an idea that I wanted to do a podcast, but wasn't sure what it was going to be all about. Uh, at this time, this is when I was still living in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I was interviewing a friend of mine, uh, Stan Frazier. He owned a shop that was down the street from where I was working. And um, on this one, I'm actually sitting in a shop with him uh, where I'm interviewing him. And he is putting together an order. Uh, So you're going to hear hammering while we're talking. Hopefully that's not too annoying for you. The other thing is the audio isn't so great because the microphone that he had in front of him was turned down. So it didn't pick up his voice as well. And then the microphone in front of me picked up my voice a lot. Um, Hopefully you can enjoy this despite the audio issues. Uh, Thank you again for coming back. And this is officially episode six of Sean in Real Life. Enjoy. So introduce yourself, man, your name, and uh, I don't know, anything else you want people to know? Uh, my name is Stanford Fraser. Mm. I'm known by Stan. Mm. I'm mm. from Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. I'm living in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I specialize in custom jeans. Cut and sew by measurements and father, grandfather, and all that. Okay. So, when it comes to what you do, um, uh, name of the company is Trace Stitch and Co. Uh, it's found in, North, in Charlotte, North Carolina, the foundry. Um, I'm new to I'm new to Charlotte, so maybe you can help me out with this because as I'm thinking about this, there's two things that I'm wondering about. I'm just wondering, and if you know it or not, it's okay. Um, but the foundry, like like why is the foundry seem to be like such a historical spot? No, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never even looked into the space other than it's always cool and yeah. you know um, I wanted to be somewhere uptown. Mm. I don't know as far as special. I'm quite sure with foundries, most mostly foundries, they, they do a lot of metal work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know its significance to Charlotte. Okay. Okay. You were just looking for a good space for uh, your shop? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. something unique. Mm-hmm. Something that looked like, you know, somebody built by hands and it wasn't as perfect and you can see from the outside the building curves and it's leaning in some parts you have uh stanchions that that are leaning in the building but they prop them up and they're using all uh, original materials still so i think you know with 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 the 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 artist side of me i think it it definitely goes in well with what we're doing in here as well okay um on the building straight stitching co but I know when I first met you, like we were talking about certain things. We were talking about New York. We uh, talked about anarchy. How is that? How's uh, the, those two brands? How are they still? How do they marry each other? Like how do they complement each other? Or how is it that they exist today? Well, 
between each other. So with Straight Stitching Company, mm-hmm. um, there were so many people that have seen the work and it was like, man, those stitches are so straight. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Um, but I think Straight Stitching Company, definitely when I first started was more um, accessories. Mm-hmm. And um, the whole, once you see the logo and everything, it kind of has a play on that old repro 60s look the fonts that and back in the days where people actually sold on machines you know um and they actually um what's the word I'm for um they depended on these sewing machines to live you know what i mean so i mean they would be at the sewing machine sewing all day all night and um when i think about that it was like for me it was like okay bringing back that old time um, font that look that feel and the simple the simplicity in the name straight stitch you know what I mean they didn't yeah. have technical names that's right you know like they did back then but so then what I wanted to do was I just wanted to base that on all accessories mm-hmm. while we still had the brand Anarchy Jeans okay yeah I just want to say like, it gives me a feel I guess I'll talk about about you a little bit and as far as what i know in the building and um i started out with that question about the foundry and uh because i I know i came down here one day i was kind of like walking around and uh seeing like you know the kind of shops that were in here knowing that you were here as a matter of fact i i did not really go out beyond (laughs) straight stitching co so um but standing in here um looking at the lighting looking at the the way um the just wooden wall here and then you have like your products uh, hanging up on the wall it, you know f- has like a lot of character you know really speaks to me um and i think it even helps that i'm s- sitting in here right now when you and marielle are like working on an order <laughs> you know to like yeah you know just you just get this feeling of um you know of, of quality work you get this feeling of uh something really you know something being done something coming out of here like like right now this uh our world is very digital Yes. You know, yes. and, and, and you're, you're making a product that someone can feel. They can feel how it um, drapes on them, you know, and, and it's going to give them an emotional, you know, feeling. Uh, when you put this company together, like, what are some of the things that you want people to feel, you know, when they see your products, when they wear your items of clothing? Well, as far as seeing it, and um, as far as seeing the product, mm-hmm. you know, it... it, it it's a, it's a total reflection on the way I view mm-hmm. how, you know, I'd like my clothes to look. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when when people see the product, you know, sometimes they're like, how did he come up with it? I'd love to be able to convey that mm-hmm. to people, you know, because that's the most interesting part of it, just versus seeing the product done. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's a story behind each piece. Because it takes me, sometimes it takes me a little while to come up with an idea. I'll tweak it, I'll tweak it. But um, there's almost a, almost a story behind um, every garment that's made here. And, you know, some of the, you know, like Mariel, she don't even know half of them because I I just don't say them. I sit in the closet and I look and there's, there's just so many little things that comes from it. And as far as um, the, the way... Uh, I love, I love when I hear clients come in and they say, man, I get so many compliments on my jeans. And I'm like, what? Like jeans with, you know, like just jeans, you know, yeah. your, your shirt and your jacket or 
usually the, the most loud and spoken uh, items, but you know, I think more so it's the way the jeans fit, mm-hmm. and you know, and the straight stitch, <laughs> no mm-hmm. pun. But um, I think uh, that's that, that's what you know, that's what drives me, and I'm ha- I'm happy that they're happy. Yeah, I mean, it's a, jeans are. I understand what you're saying. Like, you know, maybe not 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 a jacket or not a shirt with some like crazy logo on it or whatever. I, you know, like jeans are like an understated right. item. Uh, but I don't know. Like, I maybe I, I'm not as much into uh, fashion as I'd say like you and Mariella. I, I'm uh, the product does speak to me though. So when you do see a good product, you know, there's something about it, right? Like when you put on a good pair of jeans, it's it forms the basis. You know of every of your outfit, right? I mean, and you're right. I mean, today more so than yesterday. So yeah. yesterday, and I mean yesteryears, um, mm-hmm. we used to buy three sizes, right? You know, three times our size, and you know, it didn't have shape. It was just a box, mm-hmm. and it was droopy. And we had a belt that would choke the the, the hell out of the waistband, and it was you know. It, Today it's more form fitting, mm-hmm. right? Now you can see the sculpture, you can see that person's body. Not saying that they're skin tight, but when we do a custom jean, you know, we're, we're aiming to make the client, you know, give him something different, you know, mm-hmm. something that he doesn't have in his closet. Give him a reason for coming in and shopping with us, you know, whilst he he's actually dictating how it looks. But mm-hmm. we're definitely coercing him into the fit. Yeah. You know, something that would stand the test of time or, you know, even uh, kind of blend in with what's going on today, you know, and keeping in mind of the client. Okay. So since you got a custom jean, I usually when you think of custom clothing, you're thinking about a customer that um, they're a little bit, I don't know, maybe a little bit more distinguished in what they're looking for. Or they have a, an idea in mind, right? And they want to stick to that. Um, so I would say as you as the expert, um what what is it about uh the products that you have or or what you're able to offer someone um that they should be looking out for like what sort of little details make your product uh something that would attract them well with the custom aspect it's always the fit mm-hmm. it's always the fit because a client could tell me they want red stitching all throughout the gene. I may coerce them to not do that, you know, and I may give it to them in places that wouldn't seem so uh, direct in your face. Mm-hmm. But there's, it's the fit. It's the fit. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been doing this for so long and I can tell what, in, in, in the industry, I know what, what, what people's eyes are drawn to because I make it, right? And, mm-hmm. Um, with jeans nine times out of ten I don't care with both men, male and female it's the fit okay today it's the yeah, fit yeah it's the fit okay yesteryears no way so salvage that salvage jean material was getting real popular at one point and I think it might still be like that's does that have anything to do with it I mean for you does that stand out well uh, salvage denim it's depending on if it's treated or untreated, uh, for me, mm-hmm. the denim geek, yeah, um, it's a big part of well, it's nostalgic for me because I remember wearing those old Levi's, getting one pair 
when I was in elementary, and I had that one beer for the whole year. Yeah. Right. And when I first got them, they were so crispy, and they yeah. could almost stand up by themselves. <laughs> and I think that's what you know what I what I love about it. It just brings me back to those days where, and then subliminally, I mean, people were making those jeans, right? We didn't have a bunch of automated machines, right. you know what I mean? So that that. It definitely, for me, it, it's not so much that, you know, selfish, selfish denim, you know, selfish denim, yes, it's, a, it's a definitely uh, meticulously woven um, fabric. And uh, by all means, it doesn't save you a bunch of money mm -hmm. because of the width of the fabric, but it, it definitely, you know, it gives you that, it's like I'm driving a Mercedes versus uh, some people may take this go wrong, but driving a Mercedes instead of a Kia, you know what I mean? You, you, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, this is top class stuff. So it kind of feeds into that uh, ego of, yeah, man, I can only wear nice stuff. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I got it. Hmm. So I'm going to go, like, so we're kind of like talking about the shop we're talking about where you're located and i do want to like get into like where you can be found online and physically as well um but we're talking about that so like but you introduce yourself you know stan like if you know here you are you came from you know whatever your background is and we want to go into that a little bit to now you're someone who is owning a business right uh um, living that life, you know, every day, um, getting out products, getting out orders, working uh, custom orders. Um, what was, I guess, firstly, why, why fashion? And then I'd also like to ask as an extension of that question, why denim? Uh, fashion, why fashion? Yeah. Um, growing up in New York, that's what it was all about. Mm -hmm. And my family, you know, they're from the West Indies and they uh, fashion wasn't fashion wasn't first on their list mm -hmm. so it was here these pair of sneakers maybe these two pairs of jeans and three shirts you can switch those up and see you next year <laughs> right? right so so you know it was it was i don't say peer pressure it was i saw the other kids and things that were cool that i liked i'm like man that's hot i'd love to have that and you know, I just couldn't get it. So it was like that carrot to the donkey, right? Yeah. Always after that carrot, and um, just seeing that a human can make, you know, just seeing that my mother was actually making some of the things that we were uh, obsessing over. That was my answer, and it was like, it's okay, so this is how you get it, right? So some people, that's a hobby, right? Like you see, like uh, making these, you see this creation, making something, being able to wear it. You know, that's as far as it goes. But you took it into business. Yeah, I think um, at first making stuff for myself because that's what I did. I wasn't in it for to, to sell anything. And that wasn't on my mind at all. Mm. It was solely so that I wouldn't be laughed at anymore or, you know what I mean, so I could fit in. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I mean, I, I, I start really taking a liking to some of the stuff the kids had on. Mm -hmm. um, it, I started getting a lot of compliments. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people would be like, man, 
you know, we did that from, I like that, I like that. And, you know, once they got past the fact that, you know, it was homemade and he still wanted it, it was like, what, what can I do? Yeah. You know, the, I, I mean, I, I messed up a bunch of stuff in the beginning. People, I got a couple of people that can say, yeah, he still owe me this. Okay, I'll get you, I'll get you. All right, but um, it was a demand. And I'm talking, it, it was like a demand for what I was wearing. Like, yo, where you get it from? Where you get it from? And that was the demand right there. Just ask me where I got it from. Yeah. So is it kind of like um, seeing, maybe having this idea, firstly, is something that you want to do for yourself, uh, but then you're seeing like, hey, there's a demand, so there's a market for this. Um, like, wow, you know, maybe you can turn this into something, you know? Uh, so I think like for this, uh, for this podcast that I'm trying to put together, I want to focus on like, you know, individuals with that sort of uh, growth mindset, right? You look at an issue, you look at, you look at a goal, someplace that you want to get. And, you know, you really just apply your mind to it. You apply your mind and you follow along, you know, in doing those things. So I, I know, you know, you said, Hey, you started this for yourselves, but then you, um, saw that there was a people that actually wanted this product. But I'm sure that in between there, from there to here, there were challenges that you had to get through and work through and things that you had to, um, obstacles you had to work around to get here. Um, what were some of like the biggest obstacles that were in your way and, and uh, what were some of the ways that you were able to um, work around them? I think the biggest obstacle, um, one of them actually, one of the obstacles were actually was me, myself. Mm-hmm. And really trying to figure out, you know, who I was and still growing and the maturity and um, just really trying to figure out what I, what was, what, what was I, put on this earth to do, right? And um, that took a long time. Um, uh, the lack of knowledge, um, you know, I stayed practicing, stayed qu- asking my mom for uh, for help. Mm-hmm. Finances definitely was a, was a big, big issue. Uh, to start a clothing brand today, not like yesterday, you probably could make a hat and a shirt and somebody sees it and everybody wants it from you and that's FUBU days, right? Yeah. Today, you know, everybody's a do-it-yourselfer. So you have, and then you have all the artists out here, you know, that's so many people with money can start a brand and drop of a dime. Um, your challenges, those are all your challenges today. Like, you know, and overcoming them, I mean, for me, it's just, um, honestly, there's, I, I know who I am. I think, I mean, I know who I am, right? And it's like, for me, knowing that, I know who I am, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's like, uh, it's just like, you, it's like a, the light bulb thing, man. It just comes on and it's like, this is it. So then there, the, it, there's obstacles there, but you, you kind of, you don't see them. You mm-hmm. run right into them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, you, I mean, you're running through this thing and you're, you're like, I'm, ma- I'm, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it, but your eyes are closed, right? And you're, you, you specialize in what you know and that, that, on, that, that only thing that you know how to do 
is what you specialize in and you're running straight and I mean you're hitting some of these walls you might bounce off you might crash through some of them and um, those are the obstacles that we really don't think about once you figure out who you are it's like it's like Neo. Once he figured out he was the one, he flew, man. <laughs> he was telling him, you can fly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I take that movie literally, like really. Like once you find out, once you believe, man. Because people, a lot of people, they don't believe. But once I started believing, it was like I started doing the matrix around those obstacles, man. It was just like, you know, and some of them knocked me down. Someone mm-hmm. is still knocking, knocking me down now, and I'm still learning about myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's, the, you know, for me, one of the biggest uh, sacrifices was uh, no plan Bs. Okay. You know, and when we talk about obstacles and plan Bs, you prepare mm-hmm. for obstacles Okay. You know, because some obstacles are there to shut you down. Some obstacles are, you know, there just to slow you up. But I think with no obstacle, it kind of helps me notice who's around to help me get around those obstacles. You okay. Know what I'm saying. Go. I'm kind of curious about the plan B. Um, what you what you were saying there? Like, do you need to? Do you need to always have a plan B? Is that what you're saying? Or are you saying that you felt like you yourself personally did not have a plan B? Well, for me, mm. I know I, well, I don't have a plan B, mm. but it just it's the safe way to be today. You know what I mean? It's like mm. don't put your eggs in all one basket type mm. of uh, mindset. You know, mm. um, but you have people that don't. They don't put their all their eggs in one basket. They have them scattered. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it's like an equalizer, you know, you, you go, you have so many different buttons on the equalizer. How can you push them all up fast at the same time? Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I said, I'm just going to stick with this one button. Right. And I'm going to push and push. Right. I don't know how long before, mm-hmm. you know, my brain hits mainstream, mm-hmm. which, you know, it, it may be, I mean, for financial reasons, of course, that's important, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that not having a plan B is why I'm here today. Okay. Do or die sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, Maybe. I know. I know who I am. I'm still learning about myself. Yeah. You know, the the biggest questions was, you know, what can you do? Mm-hmm. You know, what is it that you that you specialize in? What is it? Okay. You know, I think it's kind of, um, I, when I look at this, I mean, to me, again, something physical. So um, having a storefront, having the material in here um, to get this product out the door, I think it's major, you know. And I think that there are a lot of people that would stand back and look at you and say, well, like, man, that guy, yeah, yeah, he Stan can do it because there was just something about him. And I think it was, like, really good that you even talked about, like, the Matrix and Neo, right? Because Neo was the one, right? <laughs> right? So he is the one. There's there's something special about it. And I, and I like that movie, too. That I, I don't take, uh, I'm not going to take anything away from Neo. Um, but... You know, some people don't even uh, make an attempt, right, to, to follow their dreams because they think, like, you know, they're not the one, you know, like, what's so special about them. But, you know, but instead, you know, there are other individuals out here like yourself that look at those challenges in the face because, yeah, maybe you cannot see all the obstacles, but you saw some of the obstacles. I mean, 
what what did it take? I mean, what is there something special about you that allowed you to say, hey, I'm looking at this um, goal and just going to charge forward for it? Or, you know, what what really should the everyday man, you know, take into account, you know, so he can even try and attempt something like this? I, I feel that I'm special. I feel mm-hmm. that I'm special because, like, and I'll keep going back to this. Mm-hmm. It's because I figured out I figured out what I'm supposed to be doing. I figured out who, who I was, you know, because I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I speak to grown men, I mean, from ages, young men from ages 20 to 58, 68, and they, not lost, but they just don't know what they should be doing, what, you know, it's, it's just like, They'll they'll be in a a dead end job. You know, I don't mm. know. I don't have any skills. And but I feel that everyone has a skill. Mm-hmm. I feel that everyone has a duty on this earth. And figuring it out is what makes you special. Because yeah. then you're you know like like Neo. He didn't know until he really stopped believing and figuring himself out. Look what he did. He saved the world. You know what I mean? I mean. The obstacles that he uh, overcame just by figuring that out. I think that makes that. I think that makes a, a person special. I don't think you know exactly what you're doing. I think it's getting to the point of understanding who you are mm-hmm. and your role. You know what I mean? That really helps you figure out, and and that's what makes you special. Because now you're on the map. It's like you know now now the light comes on over your head. He's present. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sounds like you're saying that's. That's the key, is that knowledge of yourself, right? And, you know, it's funny that you, that you again, using Neo in the Matrix, man, because there's this guy, um, his name is Tom Bilyeu. Um, I, think, I think he is a good example because he talks about getting out of the Matrix. <laughs> so, so, you know, maybe that's a part of it, right? Getting out of the Matrix, you know, knowing who you are, where you stand, and what you want. You're... You're a vegetable, mm-hmm. you know, you're plugged in, and, it, it, you know, it, it's a driving force for people who want to know, like, who am I? What am, why do I feel, why, you know, just when, for me, when I started um, actually sewing and stuff like that, everything came so, it came easy. It, it just mm-hmm. felt right. It just felt like, oh. I'm on the floor. Not my mother used to call me cheap. I was using newspapers for pattern paper. Mm-hmm. You know, she she like, why don't you go buy some pattern paper? I'm like, man, I don't have the budget right now. And I mean, I made it work. I made it work, and it was so fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, everything. I do everything from start to end on my jeans. There's nothing outsourced. And people, mm-hmm. they, they they can't believe that to, today because a lot of it takes a lot of work and tedious. You know mm-hmm. stuff that you have to focus on, and I'm like, that's just how you make a genius. Yeah, how you make the product right. from start to end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Then I guess to take this a little bit outside of the avenue of textiles and and jeans, it sounds like the two major themes we hit on right here that you were saying is first you got to know yourself, right? Yeah. So know what you want to attack, what you want to um, put your skills into, your time into, to developing what skills need to be developed. And then the second thing you also said was just start, right? That's it, man. You you know, you mm-hmm. like, I didn't have a plan. You know, and some people say, yeah, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, know, you should be way further than you are. And, you know, I get people telling me this from outside. Mm-hmm. 
right? And I'm like, well, you know, and I'm not bitter about it, but I look at some of these people and then, you know, so I'm like, well, where do you, okay, so what what, what have you done? Tell me of your um, experiences. Like, well, mm-hmm. I, I don't have that experience. I have a nine to five. And I'm like, okay, so yeah. you might not understand my perspective. Right. You know, it was, it was just do it. Just do it, and and honestly, if you not even passion on it like that, but if you just do it, I think it's like everything will everything that you need will come. I I like that. I agree. So, what does in the starting and then just doing it? What does uh, success look like for Stan? What does success look like for Straight Stitch? I think I over I overcame one of the biggest and I'm go back. Then you're gonna hear this over and over and over again. Um, and I'll hold on to it because we tend to hold on to uh, material things and label them as success. But I, I just felt that as a human I was successful figuring out who I was. And everything there is just cruise control. Um I used to say, when I sold my first product, I was successful because to, to do that with no schooling, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I didn't have like tons of guidance from my moms. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, Ma, how do you do? You know, we on the phone sometimes. I'm in another state. Mm-hmm. This stitch and that stitch and she's trying to explain and we going back and forth. I'm like, all right, all right, I'll figure it out. And, you know, so it, coming from there and selling your product mm. one time just one time mm. i label it i label that as success mm. i think because anything after that is business right you just need to know how to multiply that one product mm-hmm. and sell it more than once to so-called be successful in someone else's eyes because they would love to see you pull up in a Mercedes, limousine, you're getting off your own plane and stuff like that. And um, I think that's business. That's just good business strategy. Success for me is, you know, I, I created something and someone demanded it. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, the transaction was made and then they, they feel, it made them feel good. Right. Yeah, you did that. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think I did that several times. Yeah. <laughs> So, but I think that's an important statement, you know, like you said, you know, when you look at something and say, I did that, you know, like, like my hand was on that. And um, so for for myself here with this, uh, with this podcast, it kind of came out of um, trying to, like, to get into photography, right? Mm-hmm. And then looking at picking up certain jobs and seeing those jobs come through and editing the images and delivering them and actually getting paid for that. You know, that's a good feeling, yeah, you know? Right. And uh, so, yeah, yeah I, I exactly. I know exactly what you mean. I think that's good. Um, and I, and I think you also talked about something that's important as well. And I, this might be something that, um, I don't know, maybe Marielle might come in, come in here. I might ask her a quick question on this because I think sometimes it's generational. Uh, when you think about like social media, (laughs) so (laughs) yeah, no, I like social media, right? I love social media, but so I, I was asking you about what does, what success is and, um, you know, you. A lot of times people only tie success to, you know, material things, right? Followers, 
followers. <laughs> yeah, so followers. Mariel's bringing out followers. And, you know, that's true, right? Followers, likes, you know, um, that sort of, uh, you know, are they an influencer with, you know, whatever the, the end goal is? Um, but creating something, bringing something to the world that wasn't there, bringing something that is your own creation, getting that satisfaction, you know, from that. And then also... Um, we talked about like the, the nine to five, right? And I don't want to call that person that's, um, in that nine to five, you know, as far as like, you know, stuck in the matrix, because, you know, some people that's okay. For, that's okay for them, but you just have to know who you are. That goes back to like knowing who you are. Right. But, um, a good definition of success though, I think a lot of times doesn't go too much far beyond the recognition as we talk about what social media and then what social media likes to show, right? People like to show off the material things. And so I think a lot of times that other true definition of what success should be gets lost. I mean, do you agree with that or yeah, have you been seeing that? You know, and you know, everybody has their, their, their uh, road uh, or they have their, um, let's see, they have their, their road through life and when they get to that finish line they're like yes whatever they, whatever they call that finish line mm-hmm. you know what I mean um, it, that finish line for me was like I said that one product that was bought demanded by a customer a stranger someone I didn't know you know um, when that happened for me it, it, it was successful okay if um i would like to i feel great if this show was being heard by millions of people around the world but let's just say like these microphones um tapped into everybody's ear all right there's not one person in the world that would not hear this message like what message would you have out there would you want to deliver spend some time man and 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 um Look at yourself. Look at what you've been doing for so many years. Um, really get to know who you are. Get to know your reasons for being here. And that frees up a lot, man. And, it, and most of the times it's right in front of your face, but we we tend to go around it and think that we're, you know, so it's not that, you know, people, like I said, it's, it's the way we view, and everyone wants to be successful. Some people, you know, some people are like, yeah, you know what? I'm good at my nine to five. You know, I take care of my family. That's that. And that's fine. That's, if they're happy with that, that's great. Some people, they strive for something different. But, you know, before even thinking about striving for something different, know who you are. Know what type of uh, uh, gas you have. You know what I mean? Know what type of energy you have before you go on that uh, that trajectory because um, sometimes we think we have it because we don't know you know and you just blindly will go and you, you know you, you're looking at the success rate you're looking at the end results you're not you know you can't even see the road to that you know to the end but no try to get in you know in tune with who you are and you know whatever skill set or whatever it is that you were uh, born with and I mean you know some people learn things but know that master that hone in on that and you know the business will come 
it's, you know, it's, it's no rush, you know, it will come. Thank you, Stan. Appreciate that. Thank you for giving me uh, the time. And um, I want to say that, I, man, I'm so appreciative. Uh, I just want to introduce a little bit of how we first met. Um, appreciate, I appreciate that Stan, when he saw me standing outside of his uh, storefront, right, that one time waved me in, said, come on in. And we had like a great conversation, you know. Uh, that very first night, and I said, okay, there's something special about this guy, and there's something um, uh, special about, you know, the work that he's trying to do. Um, man, I was just bored and wanted somebody to talk to, man. <laughs> no, but, you know, one of the biggest things that we do, we try to, you know, it's not, we're not out here um, dragging people in the shop. Mm -hmm. The problem is people, they, they don't mm -hmm. honestly get the full message standing outside. Mm -hmm. They don't know if they can come in. They don't know if it's retail because today's retail don't look like this. Right. Right. So I'm mm -hmm. eagerly trying to uh, convey the message to people. Mm. about what we do not that it's going to make you buy something no i just want you to know that this is happening in america again you know mm. what i mean where we are making things mm. you know what i mean and um no one's it's not nothing's easy but we we sit in here and we we go at it and you know we want people to know that so sitting outside with people trying to figure out what is that place what do they do i see them making stuff but really what is it yeah so we want people to come in talk to us you know and and, and they'll un get an understanding of who we are and what we do okay well where can people find you we are located 601 south cedar street mm -hmm. suite 205 e mm -hmm. charlotte north carolina do you encourage that they come down to visit you or do you want them to can they start out online no, you really need to come visit. Okay. Um, you, you won't get the message mm -hmm. uh, if you went uh, online. You know, you really won't get the message. Okay. All right, Stan, thank you for your time. We'll talk soon. Thank you, bro. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to episode six of Shine IRL. Um, this audio recording wasn't the best, so I really appreciate you for making it all the way to the end. Um, if you're hearing this, I really appreciate it. I promise that episode seven will be a lot cleaner in the audio department. Um, this one, again, as I said, I had to overcome some uh, shortcomings, uh, which was with myself actually having the microphone settings uh, not where they needed to be but next time i promise will be a lot better uh thank you for joining uh and listening to this uh episode please stay subscribed more episodes to come